Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hi, I'm Maeve Marsden and welcome to Queer Stories, the podcast for the LGBTQI plus storytelling night I host and program. Queer Stories events happen regularly in Sydney, Brisbane and Melbourne, and I'm also now hosting them in regional towns. If you enjoy these stories, please rate, review and subscribe to the podcast and consider buying a copy of the Queer Stories book, a collection of 26 of the stories edited by me and published by Hachette. I'm really proud of this collection and I hope you enjoy it too. Eddie Ayres learnt the viola as a child in England, studying in Berlin and London before eight years with the Hong Kong Philharmonic. He presented a long-running and extremely popular breakfast radio program on ABC Classic FM while teaching music privately and professionally. In 2016, he accepted a teaching position at the world-renowned Afghanistan National Institute of Music, but returned to Australia to begin transitioning. He's written two books, Danger Music and Cadence, Travels with Music, as well as a children's picture book, Sonam and the Silence, published last year. Eddie performed this story in Brisbane. Uh, looking out at you this evening, I'm guessing that most of you will have grown up in a time when being gay, well, perhaps not always celebrated, is at least legal. So here we are, sitting with our queer family, and we have our, fa- our Facebook, our Snapchat, our Twitter, maybe our Instagram accounts, and they give us contact with people who understand us. We're with our people, right? And as much as we choose to be, we can be part of this glorious queer and gay and lesbian life. But what about 50 or 60 years ago? What would we all have done then? Would we have had the bravery to gather like this, to support each other, to love each other? How many of us would be here if it meant arrest or public shaming or imprisonment. So I was talking with my partner, Charlie, and she suggested whether instead of telling yet another story about myself, maybe I could tell a couple of stories about other people, older people, about people who did have that bravery and that self-knowledge to live and to love as they knew they must, that they had to do. So here is a tale of two women. Let's start with Joan. It's 1959. By the way, both of these stories are completely true. 1959. Joan is 16 years old. She's academically very gifted at school, but her dad tells Joan that school isn't something that girls do, and she must leave and get a job. So Joan goes from her beachside suburb of Carrum into the big smoke of Melbourne, And she gets a job working in a maternity hospital. Joan becomes what used to be called a flower girl. She keeps the flowers fresh, she cleans, she makes cotton buds, and she does more cleaning. And all Joan can hear day after day 
is the screaming of women giving birth. Remember, this is still baby boom time. Joan lives at the hospital in a tiny room, and she is unbearably lonely. She's 16, but all the nurses around her are sisters. They're, and that's not sisters how we know sisters. That's sisters as in senior nurses with the, all that and everything. And they're much older than Joan, so no one talks to her. In fact, no one really notices her. Joan bears it for six weeks, which is a lot longer than probably most of us would bear it. And she finally goes back to her dad and her stepmom in Karen. But then a bit of luck. Joan gets a job as a playground leader in Carlton on the corner of Raftown and Newry Street. There's a still a part there now if you ever go that way. So Joan meets a young woman who is doing the same job as her. Her name is Marg. And Joan and Marg, now around 18 years old, they become lovers, ardent lovers, as Joan's dad and stepmother hear them through the walls of their bedroom <laughs> and send Joan to a psychiatrist. Joan has no idea why she's going. It's so you can sort yourself out around our divorce, love, says her dad. And the first question from the psychiatrist, Joan, do you have close relationships with women? It all pours out of Joan. And after she has told the psychiatrist everything, she begs her, please don't tell my dad. Joan still has no idea that this is the whole reason she's there. But the psychiatrist now tries her hardest to persuade Joan against being a lesbian. Joan, being super smart, understands and realizes that the only way she can escape is to convince the doctor that she isn't really gay, it's just a passing phase. And the doctor pronounces, praise the Lord, that Joan is now cured. Is she fuck? <laughs> Joan leaves that office, she goes out into the world, she falls in love with women, they fall in love with her, and Joan becomes known in the hospital, where she is now a midwife, as the alpha lesbian. Respect. Joan eventually decides to have a child with her partner. Now, some of you may have had IVF as a single woman in a partnership, gay, straight, whatever. But try getting a doctor to give you IVF 30 years ago as a single woman, let alone a lesbian. It's impossible. So Joan and her partner, they now live in Canberra, they ask their circle of gay friends, but no one is up to the task, so to speak. Joan and her partner meet a friend from the past, a gay man called Colin, who agrees to father a child. Now, the good thing about being a midwife is you have access to really good syringes. And just in case you need to know, and you may do, it's the smaller ones you need. There's more thrust. And so Tom is easily conceived, and he's born healthy and free of the HIV that Colin, the father, now knows he has. There will be no brother or sister for Tom. Tom and his birth mother have had a lucky escape. So Joan, this 16-year-old flower girl who left school with virtually no qualifications, this young woman who was challenged by 
the psychiatrist, in the most confronting way to change her life, her very self, this woman is now a professor. In fact, the professor of nursing research at the Royal Brisbane Hospital. She's held this position for many years. She's 75 this year. She's still working. She's published around 150 papers in international journals. She's traveled the world and she's become a mentor to a whole new generation of researchers. Joan shows me, every time I meet her, the strength we can all have by being our true selves. And, as this is a tale of two women, let's turn now to Carol. It's 1963. Carol is 16, waiting to turn 17, so that she, be she can begin her nurse's training here in Brisbane. Carol's dad has refused to let her stay at school, and she has to get a job while she waits to go nursing. Carol gets a job at Myers. Now, Myers in 1963 is a very, very different place from now. Carol works in the packing room where they pack up fashion items and send them to farmers' wives out in Queensland country towns. The items are often returned a few weeks later to be refunded. And there's sometimes a suggestion that the clothing has been worn for maybe longer than just trying on. A whiff of body odor, a slight stain of country party. <laughs> Carol is warned in the packing room by an older colleague, be careful of that girl working with you. She's a lesbian. <laughs> Carol becomes friends with her. <laughs> Good friends. The best of friends. Her name is Diane. When Carol finally goes to nurses college, Diane follows her. All the nurses live on site at the hospital, just up the road from here, just up at the Royal Brisbane. They work inhumane hours and then sleep. Their work is their strongest bond. Diane is friends with a woman called Jane and Carol soon learns that they're lovers. Jane used to be a student nurse at the hospital. She had had sex with the daughter of one of the doctors. The daughter had told her father. She had, he had reported Jane to the director of nursing and Jane was expelled from the hospital and banned from ever setting foot there again. Diane brings Jane, her lover, onto the campus. The director finds out and orders all Diane's friends into her office. If I ever see any of you consorting with that woman again, you will meet the same fate as she has. Carol invites Jane back to her parents' house for a meal, but little does Carol know that all the mothers of the student nurses have been calling each other, talking about why Jane has been expelled. After Jane leaves, Carol's mother, Sybil, asks Carol, if she's a lesbian. Sybil is chopping yet more vegetables as she asks her daughter, her firstborn. And Carol weighs up to this, the decision to say the truth. It doesn't take long. She knows her family life is so miserable that if the Catholics are hated in her family, what chance do the Puffs and Dykes have? <laughs> to be queer, that's the end of the world. That's the worst of the worst. As Sybil, 
Now, with her vegetable chopping knife in her hand, chases Carol from room to room, around the kitchen, down the hallway, up the stairs into the bedroom. Carol denies it. There is nothing anyone else, any of us, would have done. After that, Carol never spends any real time with her parents. And Jane? Jane is left alone in her misery, in her sexuality. There's no time to see friends off campus, and Jane, in the end, drifts to Cairns, where she continues her nurse's studies. She and Diane split up. Jane will ultimately commit suicide by throwing herself out of a hospital window. After such brutally long hours of nursing, it's time for a month's holiday. Carol and Diane decide to go to Sydney. They stay with Diane's great aunt, Dorothy, and her husband, Fred. Dorothy smokes cigarettes, which become tunnels of ash in her mouth, precipitous over the soup, the tea, the kitchen sink. Fred, even though he's 80, does push-ups and chin-ups every day in his Jackie Howe. Carol and Diane become lovers on this holiday. They make love for the first time listening to Joan Byers and Bob Dylan singing Just Like a Rolling Stone. Diane and Carol, the girl who, just like Joan, was kicked out of school by her dad, they top the state when they graduate from nursing. Carol goes on to work in London at one of the most prestigious hospitals, where the royals are born, by the way. She spends six years studying Buddhism and Sufism in Indonesia. She returns here to Brisbane and becomes one of the city's most beloved midwives. Fiercely feminist, fiercely protective of her young mothers within the system. With her kind, knowing hands, Carol brings hundreds of babies into this world. Joan and Carol. They were never arrested for being lesbian because being a lesbian was never illegal. It was never illegal because Queen Victoria could never conceive of the pleasure one woman could bring another. Queen Victoria literally didn't believe in lesbianism, or lesbianity, as some like to call it. <laughs> but Joan and Carol, they believed in it. <laughs> you believe in it. <laughs> we believe in it. We, as a community, believe. Actually, we know that the love we have for each other is true, necessary, and perfect. We know that by listening to our elders' stories, we deepen, we deepen our roots, and we make ourselves stronger for the onslaught that is to come. The hurling of abuse, gender whisperers, pedophiles, lifestyle choices, it hasn't finished. We may have marriage equality, but there is a much deeper power, an evil that is still being unleashed. There's another wave of hatred coming and we must be ready. So remember Joan and Carol, remember their bravery and carry them in your heart because it is only through remembering our shared history 
that we will all survive. And I'd like to say that Carol and Joan are in the audience tonight. Can you please give them a round of applause? Please rate and review the Queer Stories podcast to boost my ego and help spread the word. For tickets and dates, follow Queer Stories on Facebook. And for late night rants and photos of my dog Frank, follow me, Maeve Marsden, on Twitter. For discount tickets to my shows, as well as other perks, become a supporter of my work on Patreon for as little as $4 a month. Details on MaeveMarsden.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quinn's. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.